Hi, and welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast, Hello with Harrison Mutu. I'm so excited to have you listening today, and without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hello with Harrison Mutu. Um, I'm going to warn you right now, I'm feeling honestly a little crazy, a little anxious, but very excited to share the story with you. As you can see from the title of this episode, I'm going to talk about how I was Karen recently and how I literally just today have been relieved of that burden. I do want to disclose that I'm not going to be saying this person's real name. I'm going to refer to them as Karen because, you know, I just think it's kind of tacky to name somebody's real name, especially in a situation as actually serious as this one is. September 9th, I was escorted out of my apartment and onto the street by two police officers. Um, It is important to note that upon opening the door uh, to the police, one of them did have their hand on their gun um, and they asked for me specifically. Um, obviously, I was very confused. I wasn't really sure why this was happening and why I was being taken onto the street by the police with just my pajamas on. Um, I was given papers that I was, you know, reading and reading and reading, and it turns out that a former roommate of mine, uh, Karen, for the purpose of this story, had gone to family court, claimed that we were in an intimate relationship. Mind you, I'm gay, if you hadn't already guessed. Um, we were in an intimate relationship. I was domestically abusive to her. I was an alcoholic, um, aggressive and, you know, things of that nature. So I'm sure you can imagine that I was very shocked, um, amazed to be reading any of this because it is obviously all untrue from the very top of it. It is untrue. Um, and I was really overwhelmed, I think, because I was being made to understand that, sorry, my voice is shaking because I it makes me actually very emotional. I was made to understand that um, a white woman, my former roommate, was weaponizing the legal system against me. Uh, a black man with no family around. And, you know, I don't want to get on some, some soapbox and be woe is me about it because at the end of the day, I'm grown and I can fend for myself. But I, in that moment, it made me feel really small. And I think it was my first time as a true adult um, being attacked in this way. Now, to give some very, very brief context um, of who Karen really is to me or was to me, Um, I met Karen in 2016, uh, and we maintained an incredibly close friendship um, from 2016 to January of 2020. So, you know, we maintained a very close friendship for three and a half years, just about. Now, the last conversation that I had with Karen was in January, and I will say that conversation was hard and it was difficult for a while, but at the end of it was my understanding that we were going to move forward in a way that would benefit our relationship in a positive way and honestly maintain um, our friendship, you know, past the falling out that we had. So, to my knowledge, our friendship was going to move forward in a positive direction. Now, maybe I was being too naive, (laughs) because it turns out that for the following couple months, um, Karen decided that instead of talking about any of her issues with me, she would decide to take them to all of our mutual friends and say all of this stuff behind my back and completely distance uh, herself from me, which, you know, is totally her right to do. 
So, because of coronavirus, I never really got the chance to address what I was hearing from so many of my peers with Karen directly, um, because Karen moved out, and that was kind of the end of that. So, now that there's more context, I think I can cut right back to September 9th when I was originally served this order of protection. In the moment, I was so overwhelmed. I was sad. I I was hurt. I was angry. I I just felt so betrayed, and I really didn't know how to process any of it, especially because in reading this document, I understood that technically I could be arrested for sleeping in my own bed, you know, because this order of protection covered the very apartment that I was staying in. And I was also petrified because, I, you know, I was literally understanding that this girl, someone who was my friend, created a situation, a legal situation, where, you know, it was my word against hers. And listen, these weren't like some small, petty accusations. These were some bold-ass statements. I'm, I have the document with me. I'm gonna keep it forever, I feel like. This, like, has to be documented. It's like, it literally says, I am afraid of Mr. Mutu. Mr. Mutu, oh my god, having made accusations about me to his friends as now they come to my apartment and threaten me also. Karen, now you know that didn't happen. You mean to tell me that it was Harrison and crew? Mutu and the gang pulling up? Like, what, what am I, a thug? Like, I sing and dance. I'm a gay man. What are you talking about, girl? It also, it literally also says... Mr. Mutu has consistently told me he is going to, in quotes, take care of me, and I need to watch my back. Don't mess with me. I'm crazy, and I'm not afraid of anyone believing you. Are you joking? Like, that is white foolishness at its finest. You are writing on legal documents. Legal documents that these interactions are happening where they're not even a little bit true. What do I look like saying that shit to somebody? Oh, don't mess with me. I'm crazy. What? <laughs> like, that is so preposterous. It blows my mind that it was said in a legitimate way, a legal way it was said. So that all happens in September, and it is not being resolved until today, which is in January. And I have... And not only been dealing with coronavirus and, you know, all of that bullshit, but I've also been dealing with constantly going to court and listening to some white woman completely uh, bash my character, lie about me to the New York City legal system. And you know what's interesting about this situation is that even with Karen withdrawing the case because there was no legitimate case to begin with, I still find myself, yes, being happy that the issue is over, but still deeply saddened that the issue was even allowed to happen. And for me, I'll be honest, like, of course I'm happy that Karen ended up having to withdraw, which, you know, I knew she had to to begin with because there was no truth to it. You know, I was never really upset about that the whole time. I think what was really disturbing to me is that this little white woman, Karen, 
decided to absolutely weaponize her whiteness against me and make me feel small and literally throw this black dude into the hands of the New York legal system claiming that I own weapons and that I'm domestically abusive, I'm an alcoholic, like, that's so incredibly dangerous. And, you know, I can't stress this enough, like, there was a police officer fully ready to shoot me. Fully ready to shoot me because of these accusations made in this paper. These com- these completely false accusations. There were police officers escorting me off of my property, thinking that they were walking into a situation where they would have to defend themselves with their own firearms against me. Isn't that insane? And, you know, the most disappointing part about all of it to me is that while all this was going on and I was literally dealing with this trauma, I still had to watch Karen and have people send me things of Karen posting about Black Lives Matter and defund the police and justice for Breonna Taylor and, you know, all of these names. And it's just kind of like the hypocrisy is absolutely astonishing. I cannot believe that I was sitting there you know, watching all of that, because at the end of the day, Miss Karen sent the police after me. And the gag of the century is that I couldn't even talk about it. Like, I legally was not allowed to discuss it with anybody. So I'm over here watching my friend, you know, post with this person, kiki, laugh, and I'm just kind of chilling because I know that you know, Karen had told all of my friends, you know, their story of what, I guess, happened between the two of us, and I didn't really have a say anymore because I couldn't talk about it. I wasn't allowed to tell people what Karen was doing to me. And, you know, I really am not going to make this whole entire episode about that situation because I don't really want to give it any more breath. And also, like, it just speaks to a much larger issue in this country, which is the issue of white privilege. You know, another example of this weaponizing of white privilege is that woman in the park who is on camera literally threatening to call the police and say that a black man is attacking her. All because there is this knowledge and understanding that she will most likely get away with that and he will most likely have to be held accountable for whatever claim she is making because there is no proof. Because had that man had no video of that not being true, it would just be his word against hers. And historically, we have seen that that is not panning out well for the black man, especially when it comes to the white woman. Ultimately, it's not really something that, you know, as a black person, I can solve, because unfortunately, it does rest in the hands of white people. You know, and I don't believe that, you know, all white people are evil or all white people are racist and anything crazy like that. I have plenty of white people in my life that I love dearly. But You know, it's up to you to do more. You have to do more. You have to speak up. You have to call these people out. You have to make sure that you're not doing it. Because in this situation, you as a white person are the only one who can flip like that. I can't weaponize anything against you. We can't weaponize anything against you. We can try, but you're the only one who can end up on top. And who can get away with not really getting in trouble. And so that is why the responsibility lies within you to fix this problem. Because with white privilege also comes the white responsibility to honestly keep one yourself in check, but also your peers. So that way, 
these inequalities and these crimes against people of color finally come to an end because I'm over it. Um, and with that, I think I'm going to, you know, wrap it up. I'm emotionally spent and don't really have much else to say. Thank you for listening. Um, hope you tune in again and have a good one.